Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. How special is this, Chuckster? We've got a live version of the Steam Room theme song being played here. I love it. That is Quentin Smith. University of Georgia grad. Oh, Lord. I just looked over there and saw that Georgia shirt. It's going to be the longest podcast in the history of civilization. Quentin, was that a difficult song to master in a short time? I just listened to it twice. (laughs) 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 It wasn't too bad. Hey, hey, my man think he came up with some genius on that theme song. Leave it alone, Quentin. It's a catchy tune, isn't it, Quentin? It is. So wait, so are you a Georgia graduate or you just uh, a front runner? I graduated December. Oh, congratulations. Welcome to the real world. Now you realize life gonna suck now because all you gotta do is go to work every day. Mm -hmm. Well, listen, number one, I tell people you should enjoy college because as I told my daughter, she said, what I do now as a baby girl, you're just gonna have to work the rest of your life. (laughs) (laughs) What a great way to start the steam room. And so so nice of you to to make this part of your day to come by here and do this for us. Wait, he just graduated. He ain't got no job yet. He ain't got nothing else to do. Oh, no. Wait, you got a job already? I've been teaching already for about a year or so. Wow, a teacher. Thank you, man. Thank you for your service. Got some good letters up there, mm-hmm. too, Ernie. Huh? Got some good letters up there, too. Yeah. <laughs> got some good hair, brother. Yeah. Uh, That's nice. Yeah, it is. He's got a good head of hair. Uh, you started playing that upright stand-up bass before mm-hmm. you started playing, like, the bass guitar. Did you have to tote that around to school and stuff when you were <laughs> learning to do this in eighth grade? Yes. It was very hard for a while. Sometimes <laughs> you put backpack straps on the back and carry it. I have a wheel that goes down here now. That makes it a lot easier. You can just roll it around. Especially when I was smaller, it was it was a struggle. Did did you grow up here? I pretty much born and raised in Athens since age two. Oh, you just got brainwashed. What a great city. Man, it is. I'm telling you, Chuckster, that is a great city. I've been a classic city. Obviously, I played there three years in college, but I've been up there for like four or five basketball games. Yeah, I've actually never been to Athens for a football game. Huh. Well, you don't know what you're missing, man. You know, I know how the South is because I've been to Tuscaloosa. Actually, I've actually only been to Alabama and Auburn football games. I've never been to Georgia. I've never been to the Swamp. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, I went to Knoxville one time. I actually went to Knoxville one time, and we just beat the brakes off them. Yeah. <laughs> beat the brakes off yeah. them. Hey, how about that game the other night, Quentin, huh? Amazing. Yeah. Crazy finish. The year that you graduate, yeah. you got a national championship team right there. Pretty great. Yeah, it was something. Thanks again for being here. We yeah, appreciate awesome, it. Man. Thank you. Hey, thanks for being a teacher. Great way to start the steam room. It is. Oh, man, I got some good, first of all. Oh, today. do you really? I do. By the way, do you like the Georgia helmet here as a centerpiece? You know what? You picked it too, man. Hey. First of all, I was pulling for a tie. <laughs> no, you know what? Georgia was the best team. I'm glad the best team won. Yeah. Listen, you know how I feel about Saban. I've been accused of having a man crush on Coach Saban because he's the GOAT. Georgia was the best team. The reason I picked Georgia to win, from a psychological standpoint, as a jock, you can say to yourself, I want to win a game, I want to win a game. But in the back of your mind, you're not all in. So that, to me, is what happened in the SEC championship game where Alabama had, had to, win. to win. They had to win. And Georgia was like, 
Okay. Hey, give give Alabama and Georgia both credit. They were the two best teams. Heck of a night. Yeah, it was great. I was happy for you. Thanks. I, I was because we were there the night of the two Tiger yeah, Baloa. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah that no, was ugly. I know, I know. But yeah. the good thing about and I said this to a friend of mine who's a Georgia graduate, you really got to enjoy the last few minutes. Yeah. So congratulations, brother. I appreciate yeah. you. So what you got for first of all? First of all, you know you have a lot of money when you get hunting the Cheerios. I've had the regular Cheerios. First of all, you know anybody ride a motorcycle who makes millions of dollars is an idiot. First of all, zero plus zero is zero. The Sacramento Kings were trolling Russell Westbrook last night. And I'm like, wait, y'all are the Sacramento Kings. Y'all shouldn't be trolling anybody. How were they trolling him? They put his picture up on the Jumbotron and says, ice cold player of the night. And I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, he's been struggling the last uh, the last few games, man. And they've been struggling the last yeah. few years, yeah. like 30. Yeah, I know. The Sacramento Kings should not be trolling anybody. So I had to call y'all out on that. <laughs> and this next one is crazy. Three people, three people played a six-way parlay last night. They bet 50 Cent, who was going to score the first basket. Like, first of all, I can't believe these three nitwits exist. They bet 50 Cent. And won $130,000. Wow. How about this, Ernie? They had six games. Who was going to score the first basket? Gordon Haywood, Bogdanovich, Evan Fournier, Christian Wood, Lauren Markham, and LeBron James. And they hit it. They hit it. They bet 50 cents and won $130,000, $284. Three wow. people parlayed that. You know, there was something similar to that last week where a guy had a chance to win big and had to pick like four yeah, and nailed the first three and then had Porzingis to score the first bucket of the Dallas game and he missed a layup to start the game and That's then why didn't I don't score the first. Parlays. Oh. Can you imagine the chances of doing that? I, but three people did it. That's what's crazy. Wow. And like... That's why I don't like parlays and that people know I love to gamble. Can you imagine if you hit the first five and it comes down to the oh. Lakers game? Oh, that's unbelievable. <laughs> that is. That is. You're loaded here today, yeah. man. Oh, you, I got you, some even, stuff. you even got first of all's written down on a piece I, of I paper. I do because I don't want to get it. And I want to give a shout out. I've been in L.A. for the last four days shooting Capital One commercials. I want to thank Capital One for all the great Mars Madness stuff. But I want to just appreciate Sam Jackson because, man, the opportunity to work with him is always a privilege. He's so helpful and amazing. So I just want to give a shout out to Sam Jackson, one of the best to ever do it. He is so amazing to work with. The little tips he give me. So I just want to, re- well, when you get a chance to work he's with. He's a good, he's a good dude, Yeah, when you man. get a chance to work with greatness, you should appreciate it. Yeah. And a shout out to Spike Lee. Uh, my man was directing. He's in most of the spots where he was directing. My girl, Ellen, who helps him. And I want to give a shout out to the great Larry Bird, who's in it. It's always a privilege. Again, yeah. Yeah, it's always a privilege to see Larry. Shout out, there's another bird, Sue Bird's in these spots. She's awesome. And uh, Jen Gartner. Wow. Uh, you know, she is so sweet and awesome to be around. Shockster, so, what a oh, weekend. Yeah. What a four days, yeah, man. Yeah, what a four day. And last and definitely not least, the great Magic Johnson is in the spot. So I just want to give those guys Magic. Every time I see Larry and Magic, it's always a privilege because I tell people, if it weren't for those two guys, the NBA wouldn't be what it is today. Uh, so thanks for Capital One and all those people. And last and definitely not least, how about them dogs? <laughs> Man, first of all, it was, it was a great game. I was happy for you 
Because I know you are a proud Georgia alum. Yes, I am. Class of 78. Yeah. 1978. And listen, I never root for players or teams because I know how hard it is to get to be successful. Uh, Nick Saban's the GOAT, obviously. They had a really good year. But, man, it's all about the dogs, Kirby Smart and those guys. And, man, what a game. Yeah. That defense, man. That defense. And the offense coming through in the, the fourth offense quarter. Came through, man. Yes. You know, I want to give a shout out to the defense because Jordan Davis, that's his name? Yeah. He said something that was interesting. He says, I learned a lot about myself and the team in the SEC championship game. And I'm like, oh, curious. I want to see what he's got to say. He says, I and me, we realized we were not in good enough shape. And for a team that's only given up eight points a game to be 11 and 0, 12 and 0, for him to say, I realized even though we were undefeated, I and we were not in good enough shape. So he says, we started running wind sprints every day after practice. After that Alabama loss. Yeah. yeah. He says, I realized that. And like for a team to be 11-0, 12-0, undefeated, giving up eight points a game and say, we got to get better on defense. I was like, wow, that's a mature dude. So, man, shout out to the entire Bulldog Nation. And one of the uh, members of that University of Georgia National Championship team, Jamari Salyer, uh, the anchor of the offensive line. Yes. Uh, and one of the captains of that team will be joining us. Oh, yeah. In hey, our hey, next it's segment. all about the dogs today. Yes, it certainly yeah. is, and we can't wait. That's why we're going to be with you for six hours today <laughs> on this edition of the Steam Room. We'll be right back. Once again on the uh, the stand-up base, Quentin Smith, the proud University of Georgia graduate, wow. recent graduate, uh, joining us live. And a teacher. Yeah. That's amazing. Music teacher. Yes, indeed. Would you happen to know, Quentin, uh, like, I don't know, Georgia fight song, Glory, Glory to Old Georgia? Oh, Lord. Yeah, of course. Oh. I can do that. Would you, would you indulge us? It's going to be the longest podcast in the history of civilization. Glory to old Georgia and to hell with Georgia Tech. Hey, there we go. <laughs> My man, Quentin Smith. Very nice. Appreciate Quentin's that. definitely not coming back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I could not put up with that Georgia stuff. Let's bring in a member of the uh, University of Georgia National Championship team. It's rare that we have uh, a guest on the steam room who is larger than Chuckster. <laughs> <laughs> but Jamari Salyer fits that bill at 6'4", 325 on that Georgia offensive line yes, uh, and a national champion. Man, can you even put into words what this week has been like, big fella? No, it's it's an unbelievable feeling. Um, just kind of standing on top of that podium with Coach Smart, looking down at the guys, seeing the confetti fall. Kind of like I told the guys in the locker room, I said, man, the confetti is going to fall either crimson and white. It's going to either fall red and black. You know, we got our red and black confetti. So, um, you know, it was a blessing. So, I've been in big games before. Mm. What was it like the last 10 days leading up to the game? I mean, because you're working out, you're going to all these meetings. What was the stress level around you guys? I don't know if the stress level was high, but the attention to detail was definitely demanded. Um, we were held to a pretty high standard. We knew what we had to do. We knew the mistakes that we made in the last matchup. We knew what we had to fix. We knew we wanted to be in better shape. So the bigs were up running every morning. 
and getting that weight down, just understanding in that environment, in that hot dome, like, like it's going to be warmer than usual. So we wanted to make sure we were getting shade, make sure we had the game plan down, and we wanted it to be a physical line of scrimmage game. I saw the big fella Jordan say after I was watching some of the pregame stuff, he says, me and we – realized we were not in good enough shape after the SEC championship game. So tell me about you guys running after that game. Uh, so <laughs> pretty much after that game, uh, every every practice we had, we were running sprints. Uh, we would run 53s or to the hash and back. 53s would be from sideline to sideline, but we ran every day. Pretty much is what I'm trying to say. And, and some of us big, some of us big guys, me, J.D., Devontae, some of the defensive linemen, we got up every morning and ran before practice. So we were running before practice. During practice, of course, and after practice, just to make sure we were in the best shape we could possibly be in for one more shot at Alabama. We were really excited for the opportunity. We wanted to leave no stone unturned, and we definitely didn't want it to be a thing of not being in shape. Jamari, the emotion that surrounds that game, when you're a fan and you're watching it either there or you're watching it on TV, there are these certain goosebump moments when you see the team in the tunnel about to take the field or you see the captains and you were one of them walking out for the coin flip. Can you take us inside of that and tell me what's bubbling up inside you in those moments? Uh, honestly, I was locked in. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I, I couldn't really see the big stage. All I could see was Alabama. I just wanted a piece of Alabama. That's really all I was locked into. I, think, I don't think the big stage actually hit me until after the game when I saw the confetti fall. Before the game, pregame, I'm just locked in. I just wanted to beat these guys once and for all because in my career, we lost to them, I think, three times, like over and over again. And they just kept keeping us away from the big goal that we wanted to achieve. So I think for me, I was just kind of locked in. Um, and I just wanted a piece of it. I wanted, I wanted to, let us, to cut us loose and let us go play. You know, obviously, I'm born in Alabama. So you get sick of Alabama. Yeah. I don't know where you were born, but obviously you went to Georgia. So you're sick of Alabama, too. For sure. He's an Atlanta guy. Oh, he's an Atlanta Pace, guy? Pace Academy. Yes. Okay. You know, because you always hear about the 80 team. Right. <laughs> you know, they, they're legendary. And now to, to set your own path and for the rest of your life, you're going to be a national champion. And when Auburn won it a few years ago and we hadn't won it in 50 years. Uh -huh. And Cam Newton is never going to have never need anything in Auburn, Alabama for the rest of his life. How great was it just to finally get that monkey off your back after all these years? I would say it's emotional for the whole state of Georgia. Honestly, everybody I talked to after the game, no matter how old, no matter how young, it was like, man, we just cried. And it's just like crazy that a game, that, that one national championship game brought so much emotion to a whole state, to a whole number of people, like people from, from my hometown, people from, you know, Buckhead or Athens or like no matter where they're from, everybody that talks about the game said, man, it just made me so emotional. So that just kind of showed you the impact that like that national championship had in no sweeter moment than to beat Alabama, you know, a team that's kept us out of it so many times. Like it was so emotional for so many different people and definitely for us. So, Jamari, you're down early in the fourth quarter. Okay, Alabama's got the mm -hmm. lead. Tell me about a conversation you had with Kirby Smart about the offensive <laughs> line. And I know that, look, you went from left tackle over to right guard yes, sir. in that game. So tell me about the conversation you have with the coach. Um, I just told him to run the ball. Uh, I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. I told him to put it on our back. I told him to put it on our back and let us go win the game because, uh, you know, we, we did all this conditioning all this running. So, you know, I'm telling Coach Smart, like, hey, like, let, let's prove it. Like, let's prove it once for all that, that we are in better shape than them and we want to go run the ball. I told him that or walking off the field after we scored right before that, I was like, Coach, like, let, let's go win this game. Like, let the big dogs, let the backs, let's win this game Georgia style. Like, let's be the physical and let's make it a line of scrimmage game. Let's do that. Let's embody that in this fourth quarter because that's what we pride ourselves on in conditioning in the summer, in the winter, to win the fourth quarter. It was time to do that in a big moment. We wanted it and we were ready. 
What can you tell me about Stetson Bennett that you would know only as being a teammate and a guy who's on that offensive line with him playing quarterback? Well, I don't know. Most people probably put this together, but uh, he's a pretty country kid, uh, <laughs> very country kid. Uh, he, he's that guy that walks in the locker room, you know, and he'll be blasting his country music. And he's just like, you know, that's Stet. You just know that, that you're getting Stet all the time. He's a very genuine guy. He's going to be Stetson every day. That's what you want. You want that from a quarterback. You don't want a guy that's going to give you half and half. Like He's going to be Stetson all the time, and that definitely shows in the way he plays. You know, when you have a, a season like you guys had, I saw you in person one time. Mm-hmm. I probably saw you on television another five times. Who are the leaders on your team? Because you only had one bad game. Right. There's like three times I saw y'all play where y'all didn't want to have a team score because it would have messed up y'all average for the whole year. Who are the guys on y'all team that like never let down as far as leaders? Honestly, it's kind of hard for me to answer that question because there's so many. Uh, You got so many guys going in the same direction with the same mindset, with the same why. And it's it's kind of hard to pinpoint it to like, you know, two or three guys. You know, normally you can look at a team and say, oh, that's our leader or those two or three guys are our leader. Like, no, it's 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 a large group of guys. It'll probably take me like 30 minutes to name all the guys because there's so many people that were thinking the same way and wanted the same goals. And it, and it started from up top with the most experienced guys, the seniors and juniors. These all kind of came back with that mindset and decided like, like we're going to do this. We're going to run it back. We're going we gonna to make it something real. We're going to buy in. We're going to lock into what Coach Smart wants. We're going to make the best of this thing no matter what happens. You know, you saw Stetson Bennett on the sidelines after the pick six with the tears coming down before the game was over. Mm-hmm. I'm going to assume he wasn't alone. Did you shed a tear that mm-hmm. night? I did. When he caught the pick, I had so many different emotions. Like, you know, part of me wanted to cry. Part of me wanted to run out on the field. Part of me wanted to tear up Indianapolis and just go <laughs> crazy. You know, I just felt so many different emotions. It was very exciting. I know Stetson was, was definitely very emotional. Just because of what he's been through this season. You know, you got yeah. different people saying he can't do it. Uh, based off of one game, you know, a lot of people questioning who he is and his character and his ability to play football. So, yeah, I mean, I know it was an emotional moment for him. It was an emotional for our team because after that Alabama loss, a lot of people were saying we couldn't do it. So I know for us, it just kind of proves the type of resiliency this team has. And um, it was a special moment. Hey, let me get your take on something that Charles said. Why don't you give him your theory on well, the so, SEC championship game and the national championship? So as a player... From a psychological standpoint, this is my theory why I picked y'all to win the championship. Yes, sir. I said, I'm not going to be too worried about the SEC championship game because you say to yourself, yeah, we want to win. Yeah, we want to win. But it was really a must win for Alabama. Right. So you can say to yourself as much as you want to. And like I said, you can say that. But I thought Alabama had a psychological advantage in the SEC championship game. And I thought y'all had mm-hmm. an advantage in the championship game. Mm-hmm. Give me your opinion on that. I would have to agree with you. I would say when they, they came out and they knew that their backs were against the wall, they out-executed us in all phases of the game, in the SEC championship game. They knew what they had to do to get into the playoffs. Um, it wasn't just the SEC championship for them. It was their season. Um, it was what they stand on, what they stand for. So I would say that they definitely came out with more of an edge than us. That game kind of forced us to look in the mirror. It forced us to look in the mirror and expose our sober truths. Coach Smart talked about it. You know, you got to look in the mirror. You got to be honest with yourself and understand, like, like, this is the truth. These are the things that were maybe we were blind to when we were playing a lesser team, like maybe Vandy or whatever. But, you know, now it's getting exposed, you know, that they're being out of shape and not execute the wasted, the wasted plays on offense, the busted plays on defense. So we knew we had to get back to the drawing board and get back to doing things the right way and uh, make sure that we didn't allow something like that to happen again. You've already graduated. Mm-hmm. Sports marketing degree, correct? Yes, sir. Obviously, the NFL will come calling as well. So in your future, what do you want to do once the, once your playing days are through? 
I want to be able to do something to help people. I'm not even honestly sure exactly what it is, but I know me, I want to be able to help people. I want to be able to shed light on the big issues that go on in this country. Um, and I want to be able to help people that I've seen with my own eyes struggle. It's people that from my side of town, people all over the world, you know, people have real struggles, real life struggles. And I want to be able to use my platform to be able to actually help people, not just be one of those people that say, oh, you know, I want to give back to my, like, no, I want to actually figure out, okay, like, how can we use this society, use my platform, like, in a real positive way to generate actual help for people? Because people need it. Like, this world needs to heal in a lot of different ways. One of them definitely being from COVID. COVID had not just health effects on people, but mental, psychological effects on people, for sure. I know it did on me. So, you know, transitioning from that back into the real world and there's a lot of different things even before COVID and the world needs to heal. And I want to be a part of that change. Wow, man, you got your stuff together. I appreciate that. That's pretty awesome. Yes, sir. And from a proud University of Georgia graduate <laughs> from 1978, Uh-oh. I want to say thank you to you and all the Bulldogs for bringing it home, man. It was just a glorious night. It was just so cool to see you guys do it and see and to see the red and black confetti fall. Uh, that night in Indianapolis. Jamari, thanks, man. I I appreciate you, and thanks for not only your insight into the game, but uh, thanks for that outlook you have on what lies ahead, man. You're a good dude. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate you. You paid the way for us. All right, my man. You take care of yourself. Congratulations. The dogs are running things in the world. <laughs> and all is right with uh, the world. You have a good one, man. Enjoy the parade on Saturday, too, man. Yes, sir. Thank you all for having me. Man, he got his stuff together, too. Yes, sir. Go ahead, Chuck. Glory, glory to old Georgia. Sing it, Chuck. Glory, glory to old Georgia. I will admit, this was a lesser of two evils. (laughs) (laughs) Coming back with more on the Steam Room right after this. Welcome back to the Steam Room. Tim Kiley, the legendary longtime producer of Inside the NBA, joining us now. How, how about this house band? I, I, how about I, I Quentin would, Smith? I, I'd love to, to say it was my idea, but it was. So I knew you wouldn't take any credit for that. <laughs> you lost me no, at, you lost me at legendary. <laughs> Yo, man, so you had shoulder surgery? Yeah. Or is I, that uh, just a, a, some kind a, of a fashion sympathy. statement? Yeah, no, it's making. a sympathy. I'm trying to get empathy from Chuck. I didn't realize Twinkies and Donuts are that healthy. Oh, you there we to... go. No. It's funny. I also had bicep work done, and I know you're going to say, how can you have bicep work? Wait, it's more like a bi, not a sep. <laughs> yeah. What did what did you do to uh, re- uh, is this, I, has just been a lingering yeah, thing? Yeah, it, it was a I when my daughter became a pitcher, um, I thought I could still throw the ball, and uh, yeah. after about seven or eight years, it started to I could feel it detaching, and then all of a sudden it just popped. Hey man, her hitting your pitches ain't gonna make her better. They were just playing catch. It was just wait, catch. you got I was her playing catcher. catch? Yeah, I was a catcher, and he's throwing the ball back to his daughter. You ever play long toss? Dude, you can't throw a softball from here no, to that wall. I can't. You can't. But that, I didn't. Uh, I take it like a man. Well, I, I didn't just. I, I didn't go get oh, surgery. Okay. I, I can't throw a ball because my shoulders all bad. But I don't. Uh, can't throw there. a ball because you never could throw a ball. Uh, first of all. Uh, first of all. Yeah. First as my, of all. As my boy Montel says, you better Google me. <laughs> People who are listening to this podcast right now are like, okay, that's enough. Okay. That's it. Turn no. it off. No, what you got? I got to say this, man. Your Steelers. 
that was impressive. Well, I wanted to ask you, you were talking about that parlay that got those guys no, hit on. I don't do parlays. No, I know. But I'm saying, think of the parlay that had to happen, which oh, was yeah. they had to win. Baltimore had to lose. Uh, Indianapolis had to lose to Jacksonville. Yes. Yeah. And then those two teams had to tie San Diego or L.A. and, and the Raiders. Yeah. Did you see that game? I did. Did you think that that coach made a huge mistake calling a timeout late in the game, giving the Raiders a chance to regroup? Hey, he lost me going for fourth down from the 20-yard line in the first half. That was stupid. It was crazy. Like I, I, never, I never try to play more Monday morning quarterback on coaches because it's easy to say it didn't work when it didn't work. Right. But going for it on that fourth down was stupid. The timeout thing I can live with, but the thing in the first half, going from it from your own 20-yard line, that was just stupid. Did you have money on it? I did, which made it stupider. <laughs> but it, he made up for it on Monday. Exactly. I, hey, exactly. I, I made up for it on Monday night. Well, guess who fell asleep when that game was going on? Not you. Nope. Mike Tomlin never saw it. Uh, he was too tired. Well, he had coached a football game yeah, all day. I know. I'm just letting you know. You're hey, always calling hey, people hey, out for being soft. Hey, so. You know what? You got. I told you. You got to introduce me to Mike Tomlin. Absolutely. Yeah, I want to meet Mike Tomlin. He because I was surprised they had any juice left after that home farewell to Ben to win that game in Baltimore. That was impressive. Oh, speaking of Ben, did you see his little bit of psychology, or you know, you would say psychological? Um, <laughs> yeah, we got no chance. Got, yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. God, play it, Cap. Uh, yeah, I mean we're probably twenty point underdogs, and we're going to the number one team. The number one team that's I know they're not the number one team, but they're the number one team that's won the AFC the last two years. Um, arguably the best team in football. Um, we don't have a chance, so let's just go in and play and have fun. Chuck, you buy it? I love Ben. That game ain't gonna work. Thirteen point dogs. Are you taking it? They're gonna need a bigger boat. <laughs> they're gonna need a bigger boat. They're not gonna cover the thirteen. They're gonna need a bigger boat. Hey, do you see how nicely my Jordans go the, the red and black with the oh, helmet? That is tremendous. I thought about that a little bit before I. No, you did. I was trying. No, I did. I was trying to figure out what I'm. I said, look, we're doing the steam room today. I know we're gonna have the Georgia helmet. We'll go with the red and black and white. And this is. Uh, oh, anyway, you're a fashionista. As an aside, hey, you're a fashionista. But speaking of Georgia again, one more time. Yeah, Chuck's warmed up recently in his per, his predictions. What we got going on? You have picked uh, last spring the Bucks. Yes. You picked the Braves. Yep. And you wanted Georgia. Three in a row. You're right. Nice. So you're so hot now. Who's going to be in the Super Bowl and who will win? The Green Bay Packers against the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Green Bay Packers are going to win. Well, there you go, Cap. Mark that down. We have to check that. Super Bowl one, right? That's Packers it. Packers and Chiefs. That's, that's it. That's oh, it. Really? It yeah, is. First you, one. Did you do that game? No, but I watched it. <laughs> you know. Wait, what year was that? 1966. 65-66. They actually played it in 67 yeah, in January. I, I was just a little shaver at hey, that point. Hey, I was 10. Okay, I was three, but who's counting? But hey, to, to, to cut things out, I mean, we're having Quentin here. Oh. Incredible, right? Yeah. And I understand, Ernie, you've got uh, something to give Chuck. We're going to do a little my way here. He is the self-proclaimed greatest karaoke singer of all time. Old brown eyes. I am. Am I doing it over there? Or over, there? Over, there. over there. Over there. Standing right with him. This will be. Here goes old brown eyes. So special. 
This is going to be the worst thing we've ever no, heard or seen. Hey, I can see the ratings picking <laughs> up. I've seen, it, I've seen this live before. I've seen it at a rap party. We had a karaoke rap party once. Dude is Wait, just... just you, of course. What do you mean? I'm starting at the top, dude. You got to no, get the whole word. You don't want to do that whole thing, Chuck. It's like six minutes long. Yeah. yeah we, what, you got something to do? <laughs> no, I but the people thing. listening I don't want doing all the work. Okay. You're just yeah. playing an instrument. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, you, you can never reverse the roles here. Oh, hey, it's tremendous. Yeah, let's do it. And now oh. the end is near. And so I face up on a curtain. Try to stay with the music, friend. <laughs> I'll say it clear. I'll state my case, of which I'm certain. Oh. <laughs> I've lived a life that's full. <laughs> I've traveled each and every highway and more, much more than this, I did it my way. Anybody out there know what to do for ears that are bleeding? (laughs) I've had a few, but then again, too few to mention. I did what I had to do and saw it through without exemption. I planned each charted course, (laughs) each careful step (laughs) along the byway and more, much more than this. I did it my way. Yes, there were times, I'm sure you knew. I bit off much more than I could choose. But through it all, when there was doubt, I ate it up and I spit it out. And I faced it all, and I stood tall, and I did it my way. <sighs> oh, hey, we should go on tour, brother. I mean, to tell you, hey, we should go on was, tour. That was oh my god! Quentin, you carried that segment. Well we done, appreciate Cap. that. Well I mean, done, to tell Quentin. you, I reiterate. I'm probably he's out greatest. of breath. Yeah. Did you see me holding those notes? I'm just letting you know. I, you see, when you hold it like that, I was reaching my deeper vocal cords. <laughs> okay. I, I told you, that's why they call me O'Brown Eyes. Yes, that is exactly why, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Good night, everybody. Yeah, that's. Uh, we've got one more segment. I think we're going to carry on and and press on toward, hey, the, hey, listen, I can toward t- the finish line. After people get through with that segment, they're going to be turning this thing off. Chuck and Ernie in the steam room. Chuck and Ernie in the steam room. Chuck and Ernie in the steam room. Keep along you. with TK. Hey, yeah, yeah. Well, most people pay for that type of vocal stuff. Come on, Chuck. Welcome to 
the steam. Welcome to the steam. Welcome to the steam. You in the steam room. It's a little different. I thought it was going to be the Chuck and Ernie in the steam room. Chuck and Ernie in the steam. Chuck and Ernie in the steam. Chuck and Ernie in the steam. Please keep your towel on. <laughs> hey, very nice. I like having a house band. Is it technically a band? Yes, it is. Can, can, a, can a, you can be a one-man band. Like yeah. who? Name one in the history of the world. A one-man band? Yeah. Uh, Quentin Smith. <laughs> there you go. Uh, hey, it's that time that we, uh, that we hear from uh, the loyal steamers out there uh, who have taken this telephone number and committed it to memory. 404-987-0330. Uh, and when they call and then let us know what's on their mind. Yes. We've got a couple of calls this week. You ready? Yes. Roll it. You've reached Charles Barkley. Leave a message, America. Hi, my name is Pochon. I am calling from a island country in the Pacific called Papua New Guinea. I just wanted to call in and uh, express my appreciation for um, Charles Barkley and also Ernie Johnson. Charles, you make me laugh so hard, man. Um, I live in a country where basketball isn't widely known. Um, I've never played basketball myself, but I've grown to to love your work, and I really love your jokes, and you always put a smile on my face when I'm feeling down. And I just wanted to say thank you so much for making my life a little brighter, and I look forward to, to listening to more of the Steam Room podcast, and I am a loyal steamer. Thank you so much. Bye. Wow, that was that was how that, nice. That was really that Papua New pa- Guinea. Papua New Guinea. Now where's that at? In the Pacific. That's could narrows be, it down. Be, could be uh, like toward uh, New Zealand. Hey, hey, we got some smart people. Oh, that narrows it down too. How the yeah. hell I know what New Zealand is? Near Australia. I've been to Australia. Shout out to Russell Crowe. Thanks for taking care of me. Thanks, over there. Magellan. Papua New Guinea. Papua New Guinea, an island in the Pacific. Next time you go back to your condo and uh, you got the globe out, which I'm sure you have a, a spinning globe. <laughs> oh, wow. Look in the Pacific. Look over there near uh, Australia, New Zealand. See, when I flew to Australia, I had to stop in New Zealand and then go to Australia. I can't remember the last time I actually seen a globe. That that, that, that brings back some memory. You're like, <laughs> spinning, where we at? We're, oh, it's over there. Yeah. Popping again. I got to figure out what that is. Yeah. That's pretty but cool, man. But thanks for the call. Thanks Thank for the kind words. Thank you very much for the call, man. Yeah, awesome. All right. Uh, I love the way you said it's right by New Zealand. Like, how the hell I know what New Zealand is? Yeah. Uh, nice. <laughs> hey, that geography geography lesson free of charge to all you loyal steamers. Next call. Hey, Chuck and Ernie. This is Judson from San Antonio, Texas, which we all know is Chuck's real favorite <laughs> city. Um, but in all seriousness, I'm just calling in to let y'all know that y'all's podcast has quickly become my favorite. It's all I listen to now at work. And working in the hospitality industry, in a hotel, it can be a little bit of a thankless job, but it's all made up for the times when I feel like I've truly made someone's experience here better. So as a question to both of you, what are some of the best moments you've had in hotels or some of the best stays you've ever had? And what exactly went into making that go from good to great? Well, number one, thank you. Uh, San Antonio, I'm probably never going to see you again down there because the team is mediocre at best. Um I actually really appreciate hospitality workers when I'm at hotels because I do think sometimes it's a thankless job. I think people think that you, you're there to wait on them and you're really not. You're, you're there to enhance their experience. Like I, I make a, a conscious effort to keep my room clean 
Uh, I hate when I have been around people who like, it's your job to clean my room. I'm like, yeah, it's your job to clean your room. It's not your job to mess up the damn room, idiot. So <laughs> I go out of my way to try to keep the room as clean as possible. Yeah. I have a question for you. Sure. Because he brings up a good point. I mean, and we've all had enjoyable ho uh, hotel stays, obviously, and spending time on the road. Yes. Um, and whether that's, uh, hey, they got great room service, or they've yes. got this, or they've got that, or it's a great you know city to walk around in. The most important thing for you in a good hotel room. You know what? I asked Joe Madden this, uh, manager of the Angels, uh, in one of our pregame meetings during the playoffs one year. It was like, you get down to game five and you're like, okay, what are we going to ask today in our 15-minute yeah. meeting? Part, part of it was, what's the most important thing in a, in a hotel room? And he was like, got to be great internet, got to be blackout curtains, got to be totally dark for, for when he's sleeping. For me, it's water pressure. You know, I, I, I th that's the barometer for me. It's Ernie. water pressure. It's got, you can't have a shower that's dribbling out of there. You, you got to have, I, I cannot believe you said that because that is my number one pet peeve. And people think I'm crazy. The first thing I do, and I'm not, I'm talking about going back to the eighties. I go and check the shower pressure. Yeah. I'm not even exaggerating. I probably made them change the shower head. In my lifetime, at least a hundred times. Well, made him change the shower head or change rooms? No, change, like, shower pressure is my number one priority. And they've been great to me, the guy, the technicians or the guys. I said, yo, man, I need you to do something with this shower. Because in a lot of states, they're regulated. Yeah. About, they put that shower. It can, it can only get this hot and it can only go no, they, this, they, with this much force. They got force. that thing in there I know. that controls the water pressure. I said, yo, man, take it out, please. I'll give you $100, take it out. <laughs> And it, 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 especially <laughs> when I got to be there like more than one day. Exactly. Like I can survive on decent water pressure. I'm going to be there one day, but I can't do it two days. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And I have bribed the guys. I'm not even joking. At least a hundred times. I mean, you can bring it back. First of all, nobody's going to complain about an extra three drops of rain coming out fast, but it drives me crazy. And ain't nothing worse when you check into a hotel when they got like uh the shower massage. I said, I'm not here to take a massage. I want a shower. Give me some damn pressure, brother. Mm -hmm. But that's my number one priority. And and we've talked about the... Uh, oh, the, the dreaded... The dreaded... I, America, America, I got to tell y'all something. <laughs> I got to tell... First of all, I, I got to tell you this about Ernie Johnson, America. <laughs> one night, we're on the road in the playoffs, and Ernie comes in, and he's not in a great mood. And we like, we're like, yo, man, what's going on? He says... I got the dreaded shower tub. The bath and shower. Yeah, the bath <laughs> and, and said, shower combo. First of all, I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> and I says, we're like, what are you talking about? He says, the shower tub combination. I says, <laughs> is that a thing? He says, that's my worst. I hate when the shower and the tub are together. And, I, I, and we started laughing. I says, I never even heard it called a dreaded shower tub combination. <laughs> and Ernest says, oh, Chuck, it's the worst. Yeah, when a shower and tub are one. Because yeah, <laughs> invariably, I'll, I'll make that big step over the tub and, and slip on something. And then uh, and there goes my back. Oh. And, the, and, if, and if the water pressure is bad and oh, you got the, the, the shower dreaded tub. shower tub combo, <laughs> it, uh, it does not start your day the right way. Well, I will tell you this. Every time I check into a hotel now... <laughs> And I, when they got the dreaded shower tub company, I just started laughing you on the spot. just picture me. I do. I, I, 100% of the time. Because I remember when I told you that the first time and you were howling. I was like, 
You know what I mean? Is that a, I, I was like, is that a real thing? But I started laughing. But now, anytime I check into a hotel, the first thing I do, I check my water pressure. But if they got the dreaded shower tub combination, I just start laughing and, and think of you. That's 100% oh, correct. My. Oh, Oh. Uh, yeah, well, we'll we'll see what the what happens in Cleveland when yeah. we go up for All Star Weekend. I don't know where we're staying. They got a good risk Carlton in Cleveland. I think that's where we've stayed before, as a matter of fact. Water, they got good man, water pressure there. Uh, Jetson, water pressure is the number one thing. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> man, I hope that we've uh, shed some light on something yeah. that's America totally insignificant new, uh, right uh, there. America learned a new thing. Yeah. Shower it, tub it, combination. If the hashtag shower <laughs> tub <laughs> combination starts trending, uh, it'll be our fault. Oh. Uh, this has been a lot of fun, yeah, man. No, what a great day hey, man, today. Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate hey. it, man. It was great to great to have uh, a member of the Georgia Bulldogs uh, on our on our podcast today, and one of the captains, uh, Jamari Salyer. It was great, great to have hey, a live. Quentin, we got Quentin in the house. Quentin playing the theme song live, man. It just he life played is, a little Lizzo for yeah, me. Yeah, I love life, it. Life is good. Life is good. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. You're going to play us out. Sure will. Yeah.